Welcome to the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast. This podcast is written and presented to you by husband and wife team Dr. Sandra Camerata and Dr. Giovanni Campanile. Sandra is a psychiatrist and was born and raised in Sicily, and Giovanni is a cardiologist. They have written the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan book and podcast in order to introduce a wider audience to the wonderful taste and health benefits of the Sicilian Mediterranean diet, which will lead you onto a path of longevity and improved health span, the reduction of disease in the later part of your life. The goal is to live not only longer, but better with improved vitality and joy of life. Their motto is Be Well Deliciously. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sicilian Secret Diet uh, Plan podcast. And uh, my name is uh, Dr. Giovanni Campanile, MD. And I'm Sandra Camerata, MD. And Sandra and I are today, we're going to talk about uh, breastfeeding and the science of uh, breast milk. Uh, benefits both to the infant and to the mother. So I'll have Sandra start us off. So why do we want to breastfeed our children? Why is it so important to do so? What are the benefits for the infants? What are the benefits for the mother? Are these short-term benefits? Are these long-term benefits? We'll figure things out along the way. Because we know how important nutrition is, especially in the first year of a child's life because it sets the basis for the brain function, for physical growth, and uh, any future predisposition to chronic illnesses such as obesity, hypertension, heart disease, mental illness. So we want to do it right, and we want to do it right from the very beginning. And isn't it also important, not just the first year, but the first thousand days after the patient, after the baby is born, right? Absolutely. So, and... As we have talked uh, so much about microbiome, we want to know how to set up the perfect microbiome for the child so that the microbiome will stay for the rest of the child's life, most of it. So we want to do it right, we want to do it well, like we said, to prevent any possible chronic illness. And if you haven't already heard us talk about the microbiome, what that means is the friendly bugs that live inside us, you know, in our mouths, in our ears, all over our body and our skin. But most importantly, it's the ones that are in our gut. And uh, these friendly bugs, you know, you, you have to have a good mix of these high quality bugs in order to have a healthful existence. And what happens at birth and during infancy is fundamental for the health of this microbiome. And how many do we have through these friendly or unfriendly bacteria? We have uh, over a trillion, which is an incredible amount uh, of uh, bugs that live with us. We have more bugs that live inside us than we have cells in our bodies. That is a, a little bit <laughs> frightening to so think some, about. Some people think it's not that the bugs are helping the humans, it's that the humans are actually helping the bugs. But that's a whole other story. It's another philosophy. It's uh, who's helping who here is questionable. But in it, we know that the microbiome is fundamentally important for our health. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of the infant's life. And then continue to breastfeed while introducing age-appropriate foods, which we will be talking about in our next podcast, how 
and when to introduce solid foods and whether the best solid foods are for the six months old baby and then later on in life to continue to provide the best microbiome we can have. So it, so continue breastfeeding for 12 months of age. Of interest, that among all babies born in the United States between 2010 and 2013, we figure out that 80% of the babies were exclusively breastfed initially, but only 20% were breastfed until six months of age, and then significantly less until 12 months of age. So why is breastfeeding important? We know some of this information already. We know that children who have been breastfed for any length of time are 64% less likely to develop any gut infections. And this effect, positive effects, can last up to two months after breastfeeding stops. Children who are breastfed for three months have less incidence of ectopic dermatitis of eczema or eczema, and the incidence of respiratory infections decreases with four months of breastfeeding. Children who are breastfed for six months have 20% less chance of developing acute lymphocytic leukemia and 50% less risk of developing acute myeloid leukemia. So all these protective effects, they last a long time. Children who are breastfed have 30% less, ch less chance to develop childhood inflammatory bowel disease and 52% less chance of developing celiac disease because they are exposed to gluten early on through the mother's diet. So what the mother eats, it's very important while the mother is pregnant during breastfeeding, very important because the child is eating what the mom is eating. So the uh, breastfeeding, uh, you know, the it's intuitive that it's helpful for the uh, infant, but a lot of people don't realize that breastfeeding is actually also good for the mom. And uh, there's good evidence that it helps protect the mom from a variety of diseases. There was a uh, recent uh, meta-analysis and uh, that looked at uh, records of nearly 1.2 million women. And um, it was found that the risk of developing heart disease or stroke or dying from a heart attack was significantly decreased in women who uh, breastfed. And, um, and in addition to that, uh, there are other benefits for the mother, uh, like in decreasing the risk of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, high blood pressure, arthritis, high cholesterol, and also the one of the benefits of breastfeeding is that you, women don't menstruate while they're breastfeeding. So it, it puts off the possibility of having another child for a period of time, and that separation may be a good thing. And then the other thing that it helps is that during pregnancy, the uterus goes from the size of a pear to the size of a small watermelon. And then after birth, it needs to go back to its original size of a pear. And that's 
helped by a hormone called oxytocin. And uh, breastfeeding actually helps release more of this oxytocin, which helps this process along. And oxytocin is very important for bonding. So while you're producing more oxytocin to reduce that size of the uterus back to normal, we're also improving the bonding between the mother and child through the production of oxytocin. Oxytocin gets produced when we touch each other, when we hug each other, when we pet our pets and uh, during sex and definitely when you hold your baby and when you're breastfeeding. The other benefits to the mother of, um, and to the father for this matter of uh, breastfeeding is that it saves time and money. Money for formula, there's less time cleaning and sterilizing bottles, uh, there's no need to mix and warm up bottles in the middle of the night, which is a big deal. And, and if you're on the road, there's no, way, you don't need to figure out ways to warm up bottles because the, the body's at a perfect temperature uh, for the uh, breast milk. So this is, these are all benefits of uh, breastfeeding. Uh, and the other great benefit is the ability to reduce the, the weight that the woman gains through pregnancy much faster. Women that breastfeed come back to the original weight faster than women that don't. Now with this, it's important to notice that we understand, everybody understands, there are a lot of women that cannot breastfeed for more than the first few weeks or few months for multiple reasons. Some women take medications, they cannot breastfeed because of any illness or any, re any, any reason. There are women that have to go back to work and uh, it is too much of uh, a burden to have to collect or pump uh, the milk uh, and uh, the work environment does not allow for that to happen. So while we are talking about how important it is to breastfeed, we also absolutely understand why it is difficult for some not to be able to do that. So going back to the importance of uh, breast milk, we know that children and adolescents who were breastfed can score three to nine points higher in their IQ test. And again, IQ test is something, of course, that we can talk about many for in another, in another occasion. Is it good? Is it bad? What does it actually test? But we know at least that there is an increase in a few points significant, statistically significant, in children who have been breastfed versus children who have not. And this is taking, after taking in consideration maternal intelligence. So what we find is that the white matter of, of the brain of the children who were primarily breastfed for six months was actually 20% larger than the one of the children who were not, especially in those regions of the brain that are associated with cognition, language, and emotional regulation. That's pretty amazing. The, uh, the actual structure of the brain is changed and improved with breastfeeding. So this is, uh, you know, above and beyond any IQ testing, this is, uh, you know, a benefit for the, uh, the anatomy of the brain of your child, which is definitely a positive. And the benefit of breastfeeding is greater for premature babies who are a greater risk for white matter injury during birth and for cardiovascular complications. 
So even babies, benefits of breast milk get to reduce cardiovascular um, complications after birth, but also, like we said before, later on in life. So what is breast milk composed by? What are we feeding our baby? So breast milk contains complex and digestible sugars, and they're called human milk oligosaccharides. So HMO contains immune cells that respond to the infant mother health and contains stem cells that are necessary for the brain health of the infant. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So at the beginning, the first fluid that the breast produces at the beginning after the infant is born is called colostrum. And this is a sticky fluid that can be orange, yellow, or white. And its primary role is immunological more than nutritional, which means that that helps the baby to be protected against the infections after birth. And a few days after, the breast produces transitional milk, which is very high in lactose. We're starting to now feed this baby. And by week four to six, the mother's milk is now mature. Of other very interesting uh, is that during the earlier part of one feeding, there is it, what is produced is called four milk. And that four milk is high in lactose as a watery consistency. And during the latter part of the feeding, now high milk is produced. And this high milk is high in fat and has a creamier consistency. So we're giving first glucose and then fat to the baby. So as you can see, breast milk changes composition during one single feeding but also changes composition from morning to the evening. And, and during the all lactation period in response to the changing feeding needs of the child, of the infant. So the breast milk quality adjusts to the circadian rhythm to help the infant to regulate the sleep-wake cycle. So this is an important piece of information for women who are pumping milk to make sure that they're gonna write down on that bottle, this is morning milk and this is evening milk. Because if you give it to your baby, evening milk in the morning, it might be more sleepy and tend to fall asleep during the day and stay awake at night. So night, nighttime breast milk contains higher levels of melatonin and somnogenic amino acids like tryptophan. So other important uh, components of breast milk are nucleotides, which are part of DNA and RNA. And also they're present within a circadian rhythm. So they all helping to regulate that infant sleep-wake cycle that all new parents uh, crave to have as a, to be established as soon as possible. So the... Obviously, there's uh, a significant amount of benefits for the infant. And, uh, you know, these include many reductions of uh, diseases, such as reduced uh, middle ear infections, 
reduced respiratory tract infections, reduced risk of colds and infections, gut infections. In fact, in, in infants that have congenital heart disease, there's a significantly reduced risk of uh, necrotizing enterocolitis, which is a big problem in, in infants with congenital heart disease, which can be fatal. And uh, breast milk significantly reduces that risk. And also, there's a syndrome called Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, SIDS, and uh, breastfeeding also reduces the risk of SIDS. So the things that the mother eats during breastfeeding or drinks or takes as supplements, and most importantly, things that the mother smokes will appear in the breast milk. So we have to pay attention to what we eat, what we drink, what we take as supplement, and what we smoke. Breast milk is, breast milk is species-specific. For example, the total protein content of human milk is lower than the, than the protein um, content of other animals, and that's why human infants grow slower than calves. There are 415 different proteins in human breast milk, and they provide nutrition, digestion, and they have antimicrobial, immunological help. Breast milk contains complex carbohydrates, mostly represented by lactose, that provides energy for the infant's brain. And then there are many other carbohydrates that are called, like we mentioned before, the human milk oligosaccharides, HMO. The, they're complex sugars. They've been identified about 200. They're super abundant. But interesting enough, they're not there to feed the baby. They cannot be digested, digested by the baby. Why are they there? There are so many, so many varieties. And for a long time, that presence of this HMO in the breast milk was a, a mystery. So now we know that they help to set up the growth of the commensal or healthful bacteria that are established in the baby's gut. And so the microbiome we were talking about is established by this HMO. M-O. And this begins at birth when the uh, baby goes through the vaginal canal. It picks up organisms that are beneficial that start this whole process of building up a good microbiome and then augmented by this breastfeeding. And in fact, there are the studies that have looked at uh, babies born via cesarean section, and they take a swab of the vaginal canal of the mother, and they put it on the baby just so that they could promote the better microbiome, and it's, pr and it's proven to be effective. So this is an important process, and the ongoing microbiome growth is very important during infancy, childhood, and, and, and into adulthood. So it's a... Uh, it's a process that begins at birth and lasts your whole life. So these HMO, 
they also discourage the unhealthy bacteria from growing. Then we have short-chain fatty acids that prevent the colonization of harmful bacteria too. So, very interesting and not surprising after all we spoke about. The microbiome of babies that are fed formula looks very different from the microbiome of babies who are breastfed. The HMO cannot be replicated in a baby formula. So think about it. We have so many HMOs in the breast of milk of the mother. There are only 200 have been identified there, even more, and they cannot be placed in the baby formula. And also the other problem is that the average American child has a few rounds of antibiotics every year which also impacts the growing community of healthy microbiota. So remember, the microbiome is pretty much established by age five and will stay for the rest of your life. So that's why we're stressing this very much so, how important it is to create the healthiest microbiome in the first few years of the baby's life. And then after that, you know, after the baby grows and the child grows into, you know, later years, it's also important, as we, we always stress, is to maintain a very high-quality diet full of diverse fibers. Uh, it's very important because this is what the microbiome feed on. They feed on fibers, and in order to have a diverse microbiome, both as a child and as an adult, you need to have incorporated into your diet the variety of fibers that help them grow. And this is why a Mediterranean diet and why a Sicilian version of the Mediterranean diet is very good for this because it's full of vegetables and uh, fruit and, uh, and foods that are naturally high in fiber. So what is the other role of HMO? They serve as a decoy to help the infant against it. To, to fight gut infections. And how do they do that? Interesting, right? In order for the bacteria to infect the gut, they have to first bind to a specific carbohydrate that is found in the cell that lines the gut. But the shape of the HMO mimics the shape of the cell where the bacteria wants to attach. So they bind to the HMO instead of binding to the gut cell, and this way they prevent infection. Now, the other thing is, breast milk is not sterile. It's not supposed to be sterile. Breast milk has hundreds of bacteria. They arrive from multiple sources. And that's why it's so important that the microbiota of breastfed infant is different and possibly healthier than the microbiota, the microbiome of infants that are fed by formula. If you are new to the show, welcome. And if you are returning, we are so grateful for your participation and support. We hope you go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the show, leave feedback, write a review, or send questions. They love questions and look at every question that is submitted. The content of the Sicilian Secret Diet are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be a medical diagnosis or treatment advice. A doctor-patient relationship is not created, and any questions related to your specific physical or mental health should be directed to your healthcare practitioner.
So hello, and thank you for joining Sandra and Giovanni for another episode of the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast. 